You are listening to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. Thank you, Jamesy. And Jason Bailey. Bump is uh, pretty good. But the reality is... They don't know, man! I've been looking forward to To The Top Talk. You know, I have that with myself every night. Put that in your pipe and smoke it and see what you come up with. What's going on? What's happening? How you guys doing? Welcome to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. I'm your host, Jamie Arrington, here with your break from all of the high-resource file propaganda in the mainstream sports media to talk about the University of Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles. Had a lot happen this week. We're fresh off of the NFL draft and the activities that follow the draft. For the first time since 2004, we had three Golden Eagles drafted. We had another seven that are going to have uh, they either sign free agent deals or going to have opportunities to jump to the league. We got a few of those guys on the show today. So without any further ado, please welcome some of the newest Golden Eagles making their way to the National Football League. With the 95th pick in the 2018 NFL Draft, the San Francisco 49ers took my next guest, Tarverius Moore. So what was the moment like when you got drafted by the 49ers? Uh, it was just a, a lot of excitement, a lot of relief, and, and just joy. Uh, you know, it's something that I, I've been working for pretty much my whole life, a dream. You know, and uh, just to have my family around, uh, just all the love and support that they gave me throughout the years, you know, it was definitely just an exciting moment. And you got that call from the general manager of the 49ers at first, John Lynch, who's a legend, one of the best defensive backs to ever play the game. So this is a guy that, that selected you, so that's got to mean something to you. Definitely. I mean, uh, just uh, him being able to uh, believe in me, believe in uh, and seeing something in me, you know, my talents and my skills, you know, it says a lot. It means a lot. You know, he's a Hall of Fame player. Uh, like you said, one of the best to do it at that position. So it definitely means a lot to me. Now, backtracking a little bit, you know, it was it was a. It seemed like you were a guy that we knew had ridiculous athletic ability. You've had, I mean, you've shown your ability, your knack for the ball uh, in the defensive backfield. But it really seemed like everybody took notice after that monster pro day. So, what was that pro day like, and and the the whole process of preparing for the draft? Uh, basically, like you said, after pro day, I definitely opened up a lot of eyes. Uh, you know, some teams would scout at me, but they, uh, they were trying to keep it a secret. But, you know, after the pro day, that pretty much went away. So, uh, just leading up to my pro day, you know, just training. I was still in school at Southern Miss, so I was only training on the weekends. Uh, I would go up to, uh, Madison, uh, and train at D1 with D1 Hodges and those guys up there, and they did a fantastic job. I mean, we made everything work, and I felt like that was the best fit for me as far as uh, him being my trainer and things of that sort. So uh, we just worked on the basic things, uh, you know, 40 starts and, and things like that. And, uh, you know, it just all worked out for the best, and uh, I'm just thankful. What did you learn from your time at Southern Miss, and, and how did Southern Miss prepare you for this opportunity? Uh, definitely I learned patience, uh, you know, not uh, – started my first year coming in, uh, having a brand new coaching staff, uh, just learned how to deal with adversity. A lot of things, you know, going on in my life at that time, 
uh, and just from the coaching staff, I mean, they put me in the system that they uh, felt was best uh, fit for uh, the team as a whole. And uh, it definitely uh, let me showcase my talents and let me shine as well as the other defensive players as well. So, you know, I'm just glad that everything worked out the way it did uh, in my career. So the next what does Tarverius Moore bring to the San Francisco 49ers? A lot of versatility, a lot of versatility, a lot of speed. Definitely a, a very rangy player, great ball skills. I'm just trying to fit in wherever needed. Definitely uh, uh, embellish that role as a special teams guy. So, you know, I'm just trying to fit in wherever they need me to. If that's a starting role, if that's special teams, that's backing up, coming off the bench, if that's coming in on third down, that's that nickel, just wherever they need me. I noticed in the press conference they talked about you being versatile and 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 pr- perhaps playing cornerback. Uh, uh, not only will you, are you going to get to be in an NFL secondary, but if you play quarterback, you're going to be playing alongside, behind, near one of the best to to suit up the past few years in Richard Sherman. I mean that's that's a, just another blessing. I mean you know to be able to learn and and be mentored by a guy like that of that caliber. Uh, I can just only look at it as a blessing. I mean, when you get around guys like those, just uh, taking advantage of every opportunity given to you, you know, definitely learning from them. Uh, just getting corners and tips like that, that, you know, they've been through their career. They've already been in the shoes that I'm in. So they can just help me and just boost me and elevate my career as I go along. Also, one of your former Golden Eagle teammates, Nick Mullins, is on the squad in San Francisco. Have you had any conversations with Nick Mullins yet? Uh, we actually did. We actually did. Uh, he told me congratulations and uh, just get ready. You know, they have a good coach staff and things like that. He's just like, you know, just get ready for the journey. Uh, you know, it's going to be a long and difficult at times. He was like, but, you know, you just got to push forward and everything's going to work itself out. He's just like, get ready for a good time. So, you know, I'm definitely ready to get down there, uh, reunite with him and, and the rest of my teammates. You know, you've got a hashtag on your Twitter account. Do it for Tavi and, and Tavi for the listeners that don't know was your little sister that passed away last summer. How much of a motivating factor has Tavi been for you? Uh, definitely uh, my biggest biggest uh, motivation, if not uh, my family second, but uh, definitely my sister. Uh, her passing away um, two weeks before she passed away, uh, she actually uh, told me to uh, go 110 percent for her on the field this year. So. I just tried to do that on and off the field and just dedicate this season to her. If that was the last thing I do, if it was the last season I played, I just tried to play like you. Every game was my last game, but I just tried to give my 110% for her. Wow. Well, you know, the Southern Miss fans around the country are going to be behind you. We're going to be watching, pulling for you this fall. Do you have any final words for the Southern Miss fans and the 49er fans out there? To the Southern Miss fans, I just want to say thank you. Just thank you for for supporting us and uh, me throughout this journey. Uh, you know, coming from a small town to come to Southern Miss, you know, everything was, it was all a blessing. It was all God's plans, and I just want to say thank you. Uh, to the 49ers fans, I just want to say, just, uh, let's go. You know, I'm just ready, ready to come in, ready to do my job, and hopefully just have a long career as a 49 On the line right now, the fourth-round pick of the Atlanta Falcons, running back Ito Smith. Ito, 
What was the moment like when you finally got drafted? Oh, man, I was just excited. Um, my family, they were screaming and stuff. Were you at your house? Yeah, I was at, I was at home um, here in Mobile. And um, I seen the Falcons on the clock. I didn't, I wasn't really thinking he was going to pick me. I had a workout with him um, a couple, like two weeks before the draft with the running backs coach. And um, yeah, I wasn't, they they hadn't shown that much interest in me. And that was, it surprised the crap out of me, man. I was watching them on the clock and uh, we heard a call from 470 number. You know, the iPhone, they said, let me change it. So um, I looked back at my family and I said, oh, man, I'm a, I think I'm going to the Falcons. And uh, I asked the phone to share nothing was on gym. Wow. Well, what was, I mean, how did your life change instantly? I mean, I know you started blowing up on social media and stuff like that. What what changed after you got drafted? Oh, nothing changed yet. I, I still got to go out there and uh, <laughs> I got a job to do. I got a job to do now. Uh, just go out there and just continue to do what I've been doing, continue working hard and on. Uh, that's it really, man. So so what does Edo Smith bring to the Atlanta Falcons? Um, Kind of the same. Same stuff I did at Southern that you got to watch me on every week on. Just a, a great teammate, a positive guy. Would always um give it his all. And um as far as on the field, you know, I can run the ball, catch the ball at the backfield, do whatever that's I can play on special teams, whatever that's I can do it. And, you know, really it, it seems to be if somebody that who actually follows the NFL, you know this is a great fit for you. I mean, you got a lot of weapons on that offense. Have they talked to you any yeah. about how they see you fitting into the seen you how that you fit into the Falcons offense? Um no, they ain't they ain't really tell me what what um, what they wanted me to do, but they love that I, I understood um the zone scene stuff, um and I can catch out the backfield. So I'm I'm pretty sure they'll try to utilize me with all that stuff and special teams also. Yeah, man, I'm just excited. I can't, I can't wait to get up there, man. How did Southern Miss prepare you for this opportunity? Man, you know, um, off the field, just, just being a student at the game, you know. My, my coaches, they always told me, my running back coaches always told me, you got to be a student at the game. No, 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 um, everything about defenses and coverages and stuff like that. And when I was going to those, going into the, the meetings with coaches and stuff, and they were basically interview, interview and I was asking you questions and stuff. And um, a lot of guys from other places don't, don't know that stuff. So I, I believe, like, just being a student at a game, it kind of it helped me out and gave me, like, a little leverage, you know? Oh, yeah. My advantage, yeah, just, just being a knowledge of the game. When do, you have, when do you report? Um, in two weeks. Oh, wow. Well, I was looking at the preseason schedule, just kind of see what you had uh-huh. ahead. On August the 30th, you guys are taking on Cornell Armstrong and the Miami Dolphins. What's that experience going to be like taking on Cornell? Oh, yeah, I was looking at the own preseason schedule. I was like, oh, no jersey swap. <laughs> yeah, I guess that would probably be the first in. one. Yeah, that's cool. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, well, man. well, you know, I mean, I know there's a lot of Southern Miss fans out there that are Saints fans, but I think all of them are still pulling for you. So you got the Golden Eagle family behind you, man. Do you have any final words for the Southern Miss fans and the Falcons fans out there? Southern Miss fans, they going to, them, them boys have been working hard. So um, they're going to put on the show for y'all next year. The Southern fans, I'm, uh, I'm a guy that's going to come in. I'm going to just I'm gonna work hard. On the line now, the newest member of the Minnesota Vikings, wide receiver Corey Robertson. Corey, what was the moment like when you knew 
that you were going to be a Minnesota Viking? Oh, man, it was crazy because it was like um, during the draft, and even before the draft, I was in Iowa State in touch with the receiver coach from the Vikings, and I also met him at the combine. So, um, you know, how the draft went, and and as it kept playing along, then I, I kept in touch with the receiver coach during the draft. And so, in the draft, like probably like five or six people before the draft was over, he called and told me, you know, if this happened, we're going to get you. Why did you choose to sign with the Minnesota Vikings? I chose to sign with them because um, I felt like I have a uh, great opportunity there to go in and, um, you know, make a name for myself, whether it's on you know, special team or offense or anything the team needs me to do. And, um, you know, I feel like it's a great fit for me because there's also guys up there that, that played for Southern Miss a couple of years ago. That's right. You've got two of your former teammates, Rashad Hill and Dylan Bradley. Have you been in touch with either of those guys? Yeah, I talked to um, Dylan Bradley, and I also talked to um, you know Kyle Slaughter. He went to yeah a year or two, so I, I've been keeping in touch with him. Oh, that's terrific. Well, um, how did Southern Miss prepare you for this opportunity? Uh, Southern Miss prepared me for that opportunity by you know always working working hard every day, like at practice. Not even just the game, but at practice, getting me mentally and physically prepared for, you know, a challenge that we're going to face. You know, just going through adversity here at Southern Miss. You know, I've been here four years. You know, it, it had, had some highs and it had some lows. So um, just going there and Southern Miss um, taught me a lot, you know, being competitive and, you know, just being first at everything I do. You know, this Vikings team was one game away from making it to the Super Bowl last year. They have an outstanding defense. Just got a new quarterback in Kirk Cousins. How do you feel about this Viking squad? Oh, man, I feel like it's a um, good squad, man, a great squad to be in. Exact. So, you know, they got, like you said, they have a new quarterback in town and they got a great defense. And, you know, they have good tools all around from um, running back to receiver and no line. So I feel like it's a great team, to, you know, to be around. Have you have you started shopping for a winter coat yet? Oh no, not yet, man. Because they told me they already told me like it's not gonna be that cold yet. But yeah. Close to like after the summer over, it's gonna get back that way. But right now they said it's not gonna be that cold there. I was scanning through the preseason schedule, and um, on on August the thirtieth, your Vikings are taking on Kalen Reed and the Tennessee Titans. What's that matchup gonna be like for you? Oh man, especially it's a dream come true, man, to play against a um, former Gold Needle, former Gold Needle, you know, especially on the next level because you know it's a dream come true to anybody, you know, to be able to play on the next level. And so if I get the chance to play against him um, during the preseason, that's gonna be awesome, man. Best of luck this fall, Corey. You know everybody's gonna be watching, gonna be pulling for you down here in Hattiesburg and around the country. Do you have any final words for the Golden Eagle fans and for the Vikings fans out there? Oh, man, I just want to say to the Golden Eagle fan, man, thank you so much for all the support. You know, even when time went going, um, going the right way, you know, it was fans that were still sticking it out through Southern Miss and the uh, football team. And, you know, they believe in us through the whole way. And for my Vikings fan, man, you're going to get a, you know, a great player that's coming in ready to work. That was the newest member of the Minnesota Vikings, Corey Robertson. On the line with me now, Southern Miss Black Ops tailgate legend, Jason Bailey. Greetings and salutations. What's up? 
So this is the first time since 2004, according to Jason Munns, and we know Jason Munns is never wrong, that we have had three Golden Eagles taken in the same year in the NFL draft. So a, a big day. Let's let's recap uh, this draft class real quick. So the first player taken by the San Francisco 49ers with pick 95 in round three, defensive back Tarverius Moore. Then we have Ito Smith taken by the Atlanta Falcons in round four, pick 126. In round six, the Miami Dolphins took cornerback Cornell Armstrong at pick 209. Then we had a couple of Golden Eagles sign undirected free agent deals. Corey Robertson with the Minnesota Vikings. Curtis Michael with the Los Angeles Rams. And then we have a, a couple of other Golden Eagles that have opportunities as well, whether it's, you know, rookie, ma- rookie, uh, minicamp tryouts, something of that nature. Uh, Julian Allen and Devin Ferrier, both to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Draper Riley to the Oakland Raiders. Allen Zay Staggers with the Washington Redskins. And I, I believe that Paul Thigpen may be with the Green Bay Packers. He tweeted out like hashtag go pack go. Somebody else tweeted out, congratulations, opportunity. I've never saw it where it was clear, but it seems like he's got an opportunity ahead. So if that holds up, you've got at least 10 Golden Eagles from this class that have a shot at the next level. So pretty outstanding to the job that, you know, Coach Munkin and Coach Fedora, uh, not Coach Fedora, Coach Munkin and Coach Hobson uh, did with recruiting and, and developing these guys and getting them ready for the next level. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up, uh, gave a shout out to Monk there because I don't know who it was that tweeted it out, but, but he was spot on talking about, you know, when, when Munkin started recruiting all these guys, you know, we were in the, the depths of despair in Southern Miss football history. And, uh, and we might not have known it quite at the time based on the, the ranking of their star level or, or whatever, um, in the uh, recruiting websites, but, you know, looking back on it, um, he went out and, and he got some ball players and he got them to commit, uh, to him and to Southern Miss at, at, at a time when, when, you know, a lot of guys really didn't want to pull the trigger. So, so yeah, and then that just, that, that just led over into, uh, into where Hobson's got us today. And, and, you know, it, it, it took us a while to get back to this point. Um, you know, back in the mid-90s, late-90s, really maybe early-2000s, we had a steady run of players signing in the in, in the uh, NFL. Um, and then we kind of we went for, through a little lull there. Um, but now it seems like we're getting back to putting this football, and that's the way it ought to be. Absolutely. And all these guys really are in great spots. I mean, you could make a case for any of them. I mean, uh, various Moore, I mean, with, with his speed, I heard, overheard them talking about using him, of course, at cornerback in addition to safety. Um, you know, Edo Smith with the Falcons, this is, um, you know, he's going to have an opportunity to contribute right away there and, and even more so next year. You know, Cornell with the Dolphins, a, a team that's kind of on the rebuild. Um, you know, Corey with the Vikings, the Vikings, have uh, two really solid wide receivers, and then it's kind of wide open from there. Um, Curtis Michael with the Rams, uh, you know, they they just signed a bunch of defensive backs. They've got a lot of older guys out there, and, you know, so it may be a good spot for a young guy to kind of get into the system and learn. And then, you know, of course, Julian Allen and Devin Ferrier going to the Bucks with with Coach Monk and having an opportunity there. Um, you know, it really looks like all these guys are, are, are in 
you know, really solid situation. So hopefully we can have surely at least half of them, if not more, stick on a roster or a practice squad this fall. Yes, it's definitely, yeah, you know, all these guys have definitely got their foot in the door. And just law of averages, I mean, everybody's not going to make it. You know, it's not an easy thing to do. Um, but, heck, it's not an easy thing to get an invite. It's, it's, it's not easy to get drafted. It's not easy to get signed an undrafted deal. And then it's not even easy to just simply get that rookie, uh, you know, minicamp invite. So, um, yeah, it speaks to the talent level. It speaks to the um, player development going on that, you know, you've talked about it a million times. It started back with Coach Woodson um, and has is, is, is bled over to Jason Finley now. And, um, and I'm kind of like you. I hope all of them get it. I hope, all, I, hope, I hope I can watch every single one of them on TV next year. Right. <laughs> um, and including, you know, with, including Corey, you know, there's no mistake about it. He was my favorite player um, last year. And kind of, uh, kind of shocked he didn't go in the draft. Um, but Corey is going to succeed. Um, he's just too, he's just too shorthanded, too, too much of a, uh, of a, of, of a hassle to bring down. Um, racks up those, you know, run after catch yards. You know, I don't know. I, I don't know how you feel about it, but I, I was just, I was stunned as the picks went by and went by and went by. And I never even saw him as one of the better players on the board. Um, I know he runs a little rigid, um, but I, you know, I, I, off the top of my head, I can't remember a ball that he dropped that was meaningful or even that he dropped that it wasn't meaningful uh, ever, <laughs> you know? And, well, have you started pricing out Viking custom Vikings jerseys yet? No. Uh, I, I, as soon as he makes the roster, I'm ordering jerseys. You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do the custom thing beforehand. But um, yeah, and I mean, the, the, I mean, how do you feel about it? I mean, like we all thought Tavares was gonna be the first guy off the board. Um, Edo to me was a little bit of a shock being the second off the board. Um. But then Corey going undrafted completely. I guess are those the three big things that we take away from the Southern Miss draft? Well, the, the Cornell getting drafted. And and I think that yeah. Cornell was a guy that, I mean, I always thought he had the ability to play at the next level. And I was kind of, you know, I know he was banged up a little this year. But I think him having such a solid pro day, you know, really, really elevated his stock and, and made that six-round draft pick to the to the Dolphins possible um you know he's always he's got the tremendous athletic ability you know yeah all of them have some things to work on obviously but um they definitely have the talent to compete and uh I wouldn't count any of them out as far as Corey goes you know when you start getting late into the draft it's almost better not I mean I know it's kind of cliche at this point but it's almost better not to get drafted to where you, so you can choose where you want to go and the Vikings are a really strong organization right now I mean he's got two former teammates up there playing for them. And it's a situation where there's some uncertainty after the first two wide receivers. So if you're going to pick a place to go, you've got Kirk Cousins, who is, is an excellent quarterback and got paid. So this, <laughs> this year you got probably one of the strongest defenses in the league. I mean, it's really a, a really a, a good opportunity for him and, and, and maybe one of the best, one of the best free agent fits that, 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 that he could have had. Um, I was disappointed he didn't get signed, get drafted. 
but you know, when it starts getting to be later on, it's, it's almost better that that not happened. Kind of like with, you know, former players like, uh, DeQuincy Scott or even Jalen Richard, you know, yeah. getting to go to really good situations for them. Nick Mullins. I mean, the 49ers has been a good fit for him. So yeah, I, I think that, uh, and, and as much as I hate, uh, Ito going to the Falcons, um, I kind of, Kind of saw a little chatter that he may have gone around that time. I mean, like if he didn't get taken there, he was probably going to get taken soon thereafter. Um, so, but it, it's really an awesome fit for Ito. I mean, they, it, it's next year he should he should have a chance at being the number two back um, if Freeman's healthy. I mean, but but he should be able to contribute right away and should definitely have a larger role after next season. So, I mean, it's really a great fit for Ito. As much as I'm going to hate. I'm gonna cheer for him, but man, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough as a lot of, a lot of Southern Miss fans. But uh, I mean, Ito is Ito's a guy that I mean, you just can't help but love. I mean, he's he's gonna go down as an all time great in Southern Miss history, and he definitely has the tools to to make an impact at the next level. So certainly want to wish all those guys the best of luck. We're gonna be watching all of them, cheering for them, and uh, hopefully seeing them take the field this fall. Now, Jason, last. Thursday night, you ventured out to the Sanger Theater to watch another Southern Miss alum take the stage in Jimmy Buffett. How was that experience? Oh, it was fantastic. I still can't. I'm still pinching myself. I can't really believe that I got to go. But, you know, the Margaritaville, Margaritaville Resort out of Biloxi set up a um, an outside party uh, beforehand, starting a couple hours before the show. Uh, we went out for that. My wife was feeling sick the entire night. Um which I felt sick for her, but she powered through it. Sometimes you got to play hurt, uh, and and she made it out to the show. Um, it, it was it was a once in a lifetime thing, honestly. Um, and Jimmy could not have. Oh, and at the very beginning, uh, I don't know if you knew about this, but I was totally shocked. I didn't know that you know Rodney Bennett um, and Brett Favre were going to be on stage, and Jerry DeFato was going to kind of, you know. Jerry kind of gave a little speech and then he handed Jimmy Buffett the uh, Alumni Hall of Fame plaque. Um, that was cool. That was an absolute treat. Um, it does not get any Southern Miss than that with Far Buffett and the president Absolutely. <laughs> on the stage at the same time, you know. Um, but he he hit all the all, all the good songs and um, had a lot of interesting stories in between songs. A lot of them referring back to Southern Miss and South Mississippi in general. So. It was fantastic. I'm so glad I got to go. In fact, I'm wearing the shirt that I bought right now. I wasn't going to buy the shirts because, look, do you know how much the shirts cost, the Jimmy Buffett shirts? I would probably venture to say about 50 Okay, it was 40 which is way more than I would normally pay for a T-shirt, right? Yeah. But it's got Jimmy Buffett and the, and the Acoustic Airman uh, logo on the front, and then it says Hattiesburg on the back. You know, they, they put Hattiesburg on there, so I thought that was cool. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah, those concert teachers are those concert T-shirts are a ripoff, man. They they jack the prices up on them. Yeah. <laughs> Whoever you go see, well, Southern Miss had a pretty had a pretty solid run until last night in baseball. Won't you bring us up to speed on what's going on with Southern Miss baseball? Okay, uh, we'll go back starting with the uh, South Alabama game that was on April twenty fourth at home. We won that game five to three. Um, Adam Jackson with a solid outing. Um, J.C. Keyes also pitched that game with four innings. He actually recorded the win with four innings, pitched zero earned runs. And Walner came in throwing absolute smoke and got the save. 
Um, USM really didn't. It, USM, you know, uncharacteristically had to use small ball for the win on that game. They utilized seven walks by South Alabama and converted them to five runs on only six hits to take the win. So that was good. Uh, and then we get to the Old Dominion series. Um, first game, win that game two to nothing. Nick Sandlin is an absolute alien, and he dealt the entire game, nine innings pitch, complete game, shutout, three hits, and 10 Ks to go along with it. Uh, local product Matthew Gidry with three hits. And Mason Irby is coming on of, of, of late and showing that that uh, the hitting uh, that he had from last year, the hitting production from last year, he had two hits that game as well. Uh, the second game of the Old Dominion series won that game nine to four. Uh, Power started, gave up eight hits in four innings, three runs. <clears throat> Trent Driver with the win in that game, coming on a middle release, going two to the third. Uh, USM roughed up the, uh, the pitching a little bit. Their starter went six innings, gave up eight hits, four runs. And then three three relievers combined for seven hits, five runs, and only two Ks. Montenegro, Reynolds, Slater, Keating, and Irby, all with two hits apiece. Dan Keith went yard. Last game of the series, which put us at overall 32-11, and 16-4. Uh, we won that game 9-2 to two to complete the sweep. Lebo added three hits. We had 15 hits total. Walker Powell with the win. Mason Strickland with a three and a third inning save. So everything was fantastic. That was uh, that was nine wins in a row until we got to Tulane last night at home. Um, Slater hit a couple bombs last night. It was a really good night at the park, but we came up short. So nine and one on our last uh, ten games, which ain't too shabby. Um, and as far as the rankings as of yesterday, I don't know if any have come out today or not, but. D1 Baseball, we're currently sitting at 11th. Perfect game at 10th. Baseball America, 13th. NCBWA, 11th. Tied with Kentucky somehow. USA Today, coaches poll at 11th. And hey, collegiate baseball, which to this point had the Golden Eagles unranked somehow. Uh, So we go from unranked to 17th in this poll. So I guess they finally got the memo. But that's where we stand with baseball. They're back on the credibility rankings. We had them off of there for a while, but uh, <laughs> Paul, we're, we're yeah. bringing them back on. Well, uh, right. Well, dude, it's been a very, uh, very. It was a very eventful week. Let's shut it down. Special thanks to all our guests. Best of luck in the National Football League this year. You know the Southern Miss faithful are pulling for you. You guys follow us on Twitter at to the top talk. You can follow me at Jamie underscore Arrington and Jason at Bumper J Bailey. Facebook as well to the top talk and Jamie Arrington comedy. Um, upcoming comedy shows, we've got a big announcement that's going to be coming out in the next couple of weeks about our big Laughs for Life show, our big myeloma slash cancer benefit. Uh, that's going to be coming out in the next few weeks. We'll take place later this summer. So be on the lookout for that on all the social media outlets. Um, also, we'll have the Hub City Comedy 8th anniversary show, which will take place at Brewski's on Friday, June the 22nd. I'll have more info on that sooner rather than later. You guys, be sure to check us out on all the places where podcasts are available. iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play. Search for To The Top Talk. Give us a rating, review. If you like the show, tell your friends. If you don't like the show, tell your friends. Jason, any final words? Uh, I got a big Pine Belt Eagle Club meeting coming up. Anybody who's who's, uh, interested in anything like that, look it up on Facebook or contact me. I can point you in the right direction. You guys, get out and go to these comedy shows. That comedy show the other night was hilarious. Uh, Dave Ross is a madman. You did an excellent job hosting, and everybody needs to come out and watch these things because it's 
that's something that every city has offered, and we do, and it's because of you and Hub City Comedy to come out and support these shows. Appreciate it, dude. Hope you guys enjoyed it, and as always, Southern Miss to the top. Talk 